It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. SRB Media. Good evening, Gabby. Good evening, TC, and welcome all to episode nine of the weekly podcast with the idol of Hillsborough, Terry Curran, on his podcast, The Curran View. How are you, mate? Fine, thanks. Uh, especially with Sheffield Wednesday, yeah, sitting at the top of the league and keeping New Birmingham, yeah, supported to arm's length. What a, uh, but what at the a... same time, a bit disappointed. Uh, I went to watch Jock last night and they got a, a tanking. So other than that, not too bad. It's been a great week in football. There's been so many things that that have happened. Uh, 24 hours in football is a long time. A week in football is sometimes like an eternity. But we're going to start off tonight with our magic number. It is episode number nine. Who's the best number nine that you played with or played against? The best number nine? I yeah. Well, obviously, there's two there's two, two, or three different types of number nine. Yeah. Um, the best number nine I played with, really, it, it would be Charlie George. Because he yeah. got everything, but uh, again, then I, I played with Andy Gray, who was another different type of number nine, mm-hmm. a brave number nine. Have you said that, Charlie? Well, brave. Yeah. But Andy would go diving in in between boots uh, and and maybe not looking to get kicked in face, but uh, on occasion would get kicked in face. Where Charlie would be more uh, technical uh, ball skills. As well as, I mean, he were brave in the air and everything else was with Charlie, but different types of centre forwards. But those, those were the best two uh, I did play with. In terms of Andy Gray, you think I think you're absolutely right. I remember when he came down from Scotland to play for for Aston Villa, he was brave, he was fearless. Do you think we've got them kind of number nines today in the modern game? Well, not 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 like Andy. Yeah. Um, we've got a different type of, or we've had a different type of centre forward. Where, I mean, they've, they've done away with wingers, so you, you're never going to buy a line to pull balls back for big lads. Um, it's gone like it's been like a, a more direct football uh, into six foot two, six foot three, six foot four uh, centre forwards, which it's either been pumped up or it's been diagonal balls into the box. No, we haven't got that type. I wouldn't say we've got that type of football in, in England. It's, it's just a big lad where the ball's pumped up to him. Mm-hmm. And magic moments. What's been your magic moment of, of watching football this week? I haven't seen as much because uh, last weekend it was my wife's birthday and my grandson's birthday. So I didn't see that much football, but I did go to St Andrews last night. So firstly, what's your magic moment of this week that you've seen? Uh, a piece of great skill uh, by Jesus to score a goal yet uh, kept himself calm uh, scored the goal and then had it disallowed because of uh, VAR with the uh, handball which which could have been either uh, an handball uh, against Tottenham or uh, an handball against Manchester City and it went the other way around. So that was that was the exciting moment. Whereas the fan City fans were excited, thinking they'd won it at the death. Yet Tottenham uh, fans were uh, 
elated when it was disallowed and uh, they was happy with the draw. And that's not the first time that VAR has changed the outcome of a game between Manchester City and Tottenham, has it? No. I mean, the uh, Champions League last season. Exactly. Uh, I, I say, it's amazing how sometimes it, it occurs. I remember an old guy uh, once uh, saying to me, when you look at football results, if you look at last season's results... Yeah. You know, sometimes or a lot of times it, they, they seem to occur, whether it's a 2-1, whatever team it is, or a 2-2, or a 0-0. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny because uh, the Tottenham game was not a, a 4-3, but it was a 2-2 and looked like a 3-2. Uh, and it was a similar outcome with a similar outcome to a disallowed goal. So mm-hmm. it is it, it is funny how things do happen. It, uh, it, it is, you know. And this VAR, it, it should have been for clear and obvious errors and I don't think anybody would have a problem with that but in terms of you looking at I mean a lot of people call him Jesus don't they I mean I call him Jesus because we say it's Jesus Christ not Jesus Christ so I don't know where they get the the Jesus from so you can call him Jesus I'll call him Jesus but but you, you know when you when you look at that VAR, if you have to look at an incident on a couple of three times, for me that isn't clear and obvious, it should be thrown out and the decision should be given, you got decision that it was a goal Well, you and I don't know who's making these rules up yeah. uh, and why they're making the rules up, uh, again I mean we spoke we touched on the VAR last week Again, I thought it was just for uh, balls that had gone over the line. Yeah. Uh, like the Frank, Lab, Frank Lampard incident in in the World Cup, which, which was a clear goal, yet the referee didn't uh, didn't give it. For what reason, you and I will will never know why they didn't give it. And I thought that's what it come in for. Um, personally, if they're going to keep carrying on like this, I think it will spoil the game. I mean, it's spoiled the, the celebrations of goals. Yeah. But, but, here's a but side to it. It's the fans then what will be jubilant because one will be disappointed and the other one is going to be elated. Now, I hope, I hope that it doesn't start causing trouble between fans because looking at things like that, you know, when you when, when, when fans are, are, are excited thinking their team scored, you know, and then uh, the, the other team thinking it is a goal and then it's disallowed and then being ecstatic and excited. I hope it's not going to bring a bit of violence back to our terraces because things like that can cause, you know, uh, trouble among fans. It certainly can. And we've seen a little bit of, what should we say, or nice stuff coming through in football on, on terraces and through social media. And, and it don't seem as though it's a million miles away from something like that happening, Terry, to like that blue touch paper where it does affect the crowd to such a degree, especially in an important game towards the end of the season, more so than the beginning of the season. Although I happen to think that leagues are won in, in August as much as they are won in May. All games are equal. All 36 or 38 or 46 games are exactly the same. The 90 minutes and there's three points at stake. But when you come down to fine margins and fine details, it could take something like that really to tip them scales. It is. It can do really because yeah. I mean you, you never get it in rugby. You know you see uh, rugby players on a foot on a rugby pitch uh, having a full blown fight, a proper full blown fight, yeah. where you would see little pushes and shoves from from um, football players, which can cause 
you know, uh, trouble and, and people fighting, on, uh, breaking fights out on the, on the terraces or in the seats. Um, so a thing like this could cause a big problem. I hope it doesn't, yeah. you know, and I hope people look at it and, tell, and, and try and accept it. But going back to the point, what you were saying about, about it, it's as much important in, it, as, as in August yeah. as it is in May. Because if you lose the first three games, if, if a Manchester City or a Liverpool uh, lose the first three games, that could be a, a big mountain to climb for them to win the league. Mm-hmm. You know, not necessarily for a team to get uh, back into the contention of getting into the top four, but to win a league, it, you know, very rare you will ever see you know, the, a team lose the first three games or drop points in the first four games, big points, uh, you know, or lots of points uh, to, to go and win a, the, uh, the Premier League. So you're right, it's a big thing to, to, to have a good start to the season. And that leads us nicely on to one of our other regular features, Owls and Blues, because you're a big, obviously a big Sheffield Wednesday, not just fan, but a legend. I'm just a little Birmingham City supporter. But you've had such a great start. You're top of the league. At the moment, Leeds are playing tonight because we record this of a Wednesday this week and we will do next week, so it'll go out on the Thursday. But at this present moment in time, as we are talking, Sheffield Wednesday are top of the league. But I do look at some of the groups and the fans don't seem that elated with the style of, of football that Wednesday are playing. So... Is it all about the results or is it about how you achieve those results for fans? Well, I'll go back to me being a legend. Uh, yeah. uh, I know that you're a legend uh, with the radio shows down in and around the, the Birmingham uh, or the Midlands uh, area. So we've got to class you as a legend as, uh, <laughs> as well as me, uh, Gabby. No, I think what's happened over the years, uh, and it's disappointed me in, in how football was... Uh, turn round in, in in England or in, in Britain altogether because Scotland used to produce great players yeah. we used to produce great players and they changed the system now uh, with the foreign coaches and foreign players coming into it they've opened the eyes up to a lot of or the next generation now of uh, fans uh, and coaches so now the fans are looking uh, to want to win like a, a, a Barcelona or a Real Madrid or a, a Man United or a, a Manchester City in your modern day coaches and your modern day teams. So uh, at the lower level, they'll still they'll still hope for a result uh, and not bother how they're going to play as long as they can get into the Premier League. But the Premier League teams now, and it is filtering down into the Championship, yeah. the Premier League teams now wanted to play football and win with some style or panache. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Brian Lowe's gone to um, Plymouth Argyle yeah. and he's talking about wanting to play football, uh, uh, play out from the back uh, and try, to play, try and play a pure game of football and hope to get uh, Plymouth Argyle promoted with playing uh, attacking football. I mean, he has talked about, you know, you've got to be careful of how, how much you attack it. But going back to Sheffield Wednesday, um, I think they're still a bit uh, dis- disillusioned with the, what, the scenario with uh, Steve Bruce. And yet there's been no appointment uh, or confirmation of whether Lee Bullard's going to get the job or not. But what clips I've seen of them, uh, there have been some exciting moments in there. So they have got pace back into the team, which under Josh, uh, before Bruce came, 
came uh, into the uh, into the club to to manage the club. Uh, it was boring, negative football. Uh, Bruce turned it round a little bit, and, you know. Maybe if they brought him in a little bit earlier, um, he may have got us in the top four. You, you can't say because at the end of the day, it's an hypothetical question. Yeah. But uh, I think there's still a bit disillusioned with who's going to be the manager. Some some are wanting the experienced manager. Some are wanting um, Lee Bullen to get a job. Uh, as long as they appoint someone, I think then it'll take all that negativity away or some of the negativity away uh, and hope that we can get on and, 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 and try and get in this uh, top four and, and try and get promoted into the Premier League. Now, would it be beyond the realms of possibility or, or would this be quite ridiculous that Lee Bullen's done well in August and Wednesday a top. If he does well in September and he does well in October, why don't they just let him carry on and continue with the job that he's doing? Where I'm coming from is Solskjaer coming to Man United last season and had a direct effect on results. When they gave him the job permanently, it seemed to taper off. So would it be a good idea for Wednesday just to say, well, carry on? Keep doing what you're doing. As long as we're winning, you're going to be the gaffer. If it starts to go pear-shaped and tailor off, we may have to address that. But at the moment, it's not broken, so we don't need to fix it. Well, it was thrown about uh, about with Scholzkar, like you say. Yeah. Um, that as soon as he got the job, that did the, did the players down tools again, uh, whatever. But in that scenario. Scholzka now has got his own players in what he's wanted. Yeah. You know, it still might want to add one or two more and they'll get that. You're not going to do it over one transfer uh, deadline. It might take two or three transfer deadlines to get the exact type of player you want into your club. Now, when you look at Sheffield Wednesday, are they having problems? I mean, they, they, they've had a little embargo, a transfer embargo. Yeah. Where they, where they couldn't be, uh, they couldn't buy players. So, do they, uh, do they want to uh, give an, a manager the job and, and think that he might make the mistake? So, I think they are leaving it open. They are leaving. Whatever he's doing well, uh, they'll leave it and uh, see how it goes on. I think if he keeps winning, I, I'm not sure whether they'll, they'll give him a job or not. I mean, I would give him the job because at the end of the day, he's been at the club now. <clears throat> quite a few years he played there when he he got them back into the um, championship when they played Arsenal uh, not Arsenal uh, Arlipool yeah. at that uh, Cardiff Millennium Stadium because I went down to that game so he'd uh, become a big Sheffield Wednesday fan so in my opinion why not get behind him let's give him the job and let's uh, let's back him uh, as much as we can no one's guaranteed to be successful We'll only see that uh, by seeing the team right through to the end of the season. Yes, you can look at it. I mean, you look at the Huddersfield scenario. The, the guy came in, Stuart, uh, 19 games uh, and only won one of them. That then you've got to make a decision on on, on a manager. I think it, at 19 games, you might not think it's a lot, seven months, but there was you could see there was no progress at all in that. Bullen's come in and he's kept uh, the team uh, flowing and going forward. So it, it, it's it's a funny predicament to be in for the club, but it's a funny predicament for for Bullen because he's been at the club, uh, he's worked with the with the academy and then the under twenty threes and then then up to up to the first team. So uh, I would imagine he's settled in there. 
Is he thinking, well, if I don't do well uh, and then I finish up getting sacked, that I've lost my job, then it's, it's hard to get back into football. So there's all those little things yeah. what go with it. Uh, but if if um, they give him the job and they sacked him, then he might have to leave the club. But if if someone if if the results don't go well, then he might he can drop back into the previous role he had uh, and still have a job uh, uh, for him and his family that you know that he's um, got security. So it's a funny it's a funny thing uh, with 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 Bullard. But I would give him the job. I, you know, is Sheffield Wednesday through and through, and he knows what the the, the, uh, the spectators, the fans want. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see, Gabby. Who's the young guns coming through at Sheffield Wednesday? At my team, Birmingham. I went to watch Birmingham last night. Uh, they they beat Barnsley two 0 I wasn't particularly impressed with with Barnsley, if I'm absolutely honest. I thought the first hour of the game, um, I've seen better. And I thought, blimey, this is an hour of my life. I'm not going to get back. But then a little bit of uh, magic by uh, Villalba. Put the ball out the right-hand side to a young full-back who played wing-back last night, Wes Has, uh, Wesley Harding, who is one of my Birmingham City young guns. Put a great ball into the box. Put the ball into that area. Djokovic will finish it. He's, he, he is a typical dogged, old-fashioned centre-forward in the mould of Andy Gray. He'll, he'll put his head down down anywhere he will to, to, to make a difference. And then a moment of brilliance, a great pass by young Sneddon. Found uh, Jimenez on his debut. Scored a, a lovely goal and he didn't the goalkeeper. So my three young guns for Birmingham City are uh, Wesley Harding, Odin Bailey, who come on, made his debut uh, last night for Birmingham, played five minutes, a little cameo performance. And Jude Bellingham, who, who played against Pompey. For me, them are three young kids that hopefully I'll see a lot more of down at St Andrews. And that's what I love to see, the integration of youngsters, because I think that's the future of any football club. What's it like at Wednesday? Well, there is for the, for, for, for the last few years, we haven't had too many uh, young players coming through. I mean, Palmer uh, uh, is, is going to the team and they've finished up putting him as a, as a full-back now. Um, there were Georgers, uh, but George was wanting to get into the first team uh, as quickly as possible, and I understand that. Uh, him not getting game time, then finished up being uh, sold into a Belgian club, but now he's gone He's gone to Leicester City. We, we don't seem to, to, to want to promote and uh, and uh, push our young players mm. uh, now we've got bullying in there we'll just have to wait and see which ones what will uh, may come through which ones uh, that he might promote into the team um, but like anything else it's, he'll be trying to get the job so he'll still rely on experienced players there's nothing outstanding what I've, what, what I've heard of at this moment in time or what I've seen uh, but you just don't know until they get pushed into the first team, uh, Gabby. Because I watched Portsmouth and Birmingham the other week, and and they played the young boys. Yeah. Uh, and looking at it, they handled it well. And uh, for me, they've got four or five what may be uh, beneficial to to Birmingham in the coming seasons. So I'm hoping that we might see some of these young boys come through uh, into into the Sheffield Wednesday, whether I whether it be on the, the bench and, and, and thrown on for the last 10, 20 minutes so we can have a good look at them, or that they might break in and get a, a good run in the team. But there's nothing stands out at this moment in time. 
But you're right when you reference young players there and, and, and the Birmingham and Portsmouth game. In my opinion, um, Pep put two men in at the same time. And it was almost as though you, you're putting the white flag up. You, you actually don't think you're going to win the game. And Birmingham actually played without a central striker or a goal threat uh, because of a salad just being sold to Cardiff. So it was like, for me, lambs going into the slaughter. For young kids, it's great integrating them, but not too many. And, and putting too many in the team at the same time could destroy a young player. Now, where I'm coming from is Bolton Wanderers. Bolton were playing due to play uh, Doncaster uh, the other evening, but decided that for the for the welfare of the young players, they're not going to fulfil that fixture. Now, what's your take on that? And, and also, what's your take on Berry? Because we're looking at both of these clubs, and in an age where there's millions and billions of pounds thrown through TV deals to uh, football, especially at the elite level, it doesn't filter down to, to other leagues to the detriment of football clubs and the communities of those football clubs. Ultimately, the, the fans always struggle and suffer. Well, the only the, the only detriment to, to the young players, for me, is yeah. uh, is when they get in the team, and if they've thrown too many in, like what, what's happened to, to Bolton, exactly. I mean, they've had to do, to do that. The yeah. only detriment to me is the pundits uh, having a go and... and making statements about uh, these players, uh, the, the welfare uh, is not right. Mm-hmm. Well, a bigger problem for me is when you don't play some young players at all, they lose the, 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 the art for football. Yeah. Uh, when they get to 16, 17 uh, and get released from a club, and what happens with them is that they're back in the game. Yeah. You know, So I think that I think that's false what, what they're saying. Now, you're right. What you're saying when they've got too many to play in, it isn't it? Isn't the uh, the welfare of the kids? Because every kid have got a swagger about them, uh, and they think that they believe that they can play in the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to try and fetch them in, uh, play half a dozen games, maybe leave them out, then fetch them back in, uh, see how they handle it again, and then they finally break into the team like all good players and great young players what come through the, the, the system and then they the become uh, a standard in the in the team itself. So I'm disappointed that uh, Bolton uh, called the game off not because of the uh, the young players because the young players would have wanted to play using the excuse as, you know, the welfare of the young kids. Only thing what... Uh, what would pull them down and, and, and feel negative is the bad public, bad publicity if they got beat like they did at Tramia. Yeah. Now that's the big that's the big problem with it. Now can they handle that side of it? But uh, the scenario with Bolton, they've got to do it because they haven't got players. They haven't got. I still don't think they've got an owner yet, have they? No. You know. So uh, all that uh, in relation to young players is not helping them. It's not helping the club, and it's not helping the fans and and everybody what works at Bolton Wonders. Now, uh, the Bury scenario is an even different scenario because they've got a, uh, an owner there what's making statements that he's done everything what the uh, Football League's asked him to do, yet the Football League are not uh, signing it off for Bury to play the games. Now, I don't know really too much about it, but I've listened to bits and bats on radio with Simon Jordan and obviously the scenario we had at Crystal, Crystal Palace and he knows more about that uh, than the 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 owner of Footbury. But my take of it, looking at it, that the as he bought this 
open that he's going to get building land on it yeah. because for me why not sell it he's, he's bought a, he's paid a pound for it yep you know and he's wanting 10 million now listen anybody with any modicum sense would realize that Burby's not going to be worth 10, 10 million pound to anyone yeah. unless it's for mm. building you know or whatever it's not as a football club it's never going to be worth 10, uh, 10 million pounds so is he trying to uh, destroy the community at uh, Bury? I don't know but something or someone should be stepping in and finding out uh, what is happening because on top of that it's not fair to the to the other teams uh, what's going to happen with with the points scenario again that was my next question to you I heard Lincoln's manager today on the radio saying that he's only got 15 players or 18 players and he's got a couple of those players that are injured. He's thinking about putting a notice in, saying, I can't fulfil the fixture because I haven't got enough players to uh, to take to a game. It opens a can of worms and it, 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 it puts the Football League in a really, really dodgy predicament, I think. Um and 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 I think although you've got to be fair, you've got to be hard, you've you've got to be all things to all people, and and I think when a club decide to not fulfil a fixture, I think that's completely different to when the football league say we're not going to allow you to play that game. Well, it do, you're right. It do, it's going to open the can of worms, and yeah. it's going to give the, the people the opportunities exactly. to try and take liberties with yeah. it. You know, like a Lincoln, like you're saying, like yeah. a Lincoln, a Lincoln City, saying, oh, "Oh, we've only got 15, 18 players." But those fifteen or eighteen players uh, have experience or yeah. had a good experience uh, in in first team football, yeah. where uh, Bury or well, Bury's haven't even started their games, yeah. but um, Bolton have. Now. <laughs> I do get it in one sense, but in, in another sense, uh, those players, those players at Bolton would want to play because what anyone says, they would want to play. They're not, they're not bothered about getting beat five or six nil. It's the, it's the, the, the uh, scenario what comes with it with the pundits, you know, uh, saying that they shouldn't be playing because of the welfare. And then it gives you, like you say, like what's happened with Lincoln is that they're going to, or trying to make an excuse that we want to do. It. I'm not saying they are, they would do it. Yeah. They made the statement about it, you know, but it's a, it's a it's a threatening statement statement that then opens it up like a like a kind of worms, like you've said, mm. for other clubs that think, oh, we can get away with this. We might try and do this, it's, and it's got you just got to be stopped. Yeah, I agree. It's certainly a loaded statement, and and as much as football clubs would sympathise with Berry and with Bolton, when there's points to to be earned, there's promotion to be gained. It's the patience is really going to run uh, pretty thin as it progresses if these situations aren't sorted out. You're right, and 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 and, and to be honest, it's it's a good point what you 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 you've made. People don't know mm. what's going to happen. Uh, that we are we going to get three points taken away from us. Yeah. Uh, when we're looking at those three points could have got us promotion or into the playoffs. So it's a funny predicament yeah. for, for clubs. So it, it needs to, and it should never have got to this, Gabby. It should never have got mm-hmm. to this, that Bolton have had to start with this uh, from the beginning of the season or a bury. Uh, that, that, as Bolton, in Bolton's case, that the, they've only got um, five, four or five uh, ex- senior players uh, on the books and that's the medical youth team. 
uh, and Bury hadn't even started it. So really, it, it's a disgrace from both, well, not the clubs, but the people what's been running those clubs. Yeah. It's a disgrace on from from their behalf, really, how they have, have treated these football clubs and the fans and the and the football league, what they've done and not stopped it happening in the first place. It's a disgrace to to, to, the, to those football clubs. And it does look as though it's getting worse for Bolton because as we speak, it looks as though um, Steve Parkin and Phil Parkinson have both left Bolton Wanderers Football Club. So I don't know who's going to take over the reins and charge of it. It's just a watch this space. And as a football fan, I can only wish both teams all the very well, both clubs, all the very best and and all their supporters as well. Let's go back to 1979 now. Um, match from the vault. You've You've played so many games, um, but I looked at. I'm always looking at football groups, and and I saw a post from uh, from from Sheffield Wednesday supporters. It was the first goal of your 24, 24 goal haul, twenty two in the league in the nineteen seventy nine eighty season when Wednesday went to Barnsley first game of the season and stuffed your local rivals. But it was Jack Cholton versus Alan Clark as well, because Clarkie was the manager, and probably the first time that those two had met on, on opposing sides as uh, as managers and not players, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, I mean, any derby, as as all football fans, as, as, as you will know, we, we I mean, you've got to hear a few in, in, in your city, uh, Wolves and Villa, uh, West Broms, all these teams in this world, yeah. So for for us, uh, up in Yorkshire, I mean, we've got obviously Sheffield United, which is our closest rivals, and then Barnsley was on the doorstep, Rotherham's just just up the road, and then you've got Leeds uh, and little other teams. What's uh, around those areas Chesterfield or Doncaster I mean Chesterfields have dropped out of the league now but when you're playing those teams every type of derby is a is a good game to play because you want to beat them but that game like you say it was the first game of the season uh, it was a 23,000 full house up at uh, Oakwell uh, we beat them 3-0 uh, and Jack playing against uh, Alan Clark, his ex-teammate. But we've always we always found when we played Barnsley, we would beat them up there when I played, and and they always got a result at our place, whether it was a draw or the beat us. But uh, it was a great game. It was my first goal of the season. Uh, I think it was the first goal for Sheffield Wednesday, if, I, if, I, if I'm rightly, if I'm right on that. So, uh, but great atmosphere, absolutely fantastic, fantastic atmosphere. And I'm from this. I'm from this side of Barnsley, really, which is about 25, 26 miles from Sheffield, but yeah. about uh, 10, 11 miles from Barnsley. And so there's a lot of Barnsley fans who I know from in and around my area uh, what got followed Barnsley, but uh, all the stick they used to give me, you know, but uh, I repaid them with it, with uh, a goal and giving them a, a 3-0 tanking. And that's the only way to get back at them. And how does it feel when when you score that that goal, you know, in a derby game? As we progress, uh, as the the weeks and the months go by, when when we get towards Christmas, we're going to be talking about the Boxing Day massacre. But a local derby or a game against your old club must give you more satisfaction, and it, it certainly gives us fans more satisfaction scoring against your nearest and dearest rivals. Uh, now. Uh... Like I said, 
I can only speak for myself. Yeah. When you score a goal, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how other players. When you you, you have a brush of blood, you don't, I don't really know what happened. You just, you scored and you hear the roar, and you go to celebrate, and all of a sudden you even celebrate even more. Yeah. Because the fans are going absolutely wild and ballistic, uh, and then all the fan, all the players coming uh, surround you, either jump on you. Uh, but it's a fantastic feeling, and it's a great feeling when, if you score the winner yeah. uh, against your arch rivals. But it, it, it's just a feeling. What it's just an, an undescribable feeling. It's, it's just elation and the excitement of it, and and how you express it uh, is a different. It's, it's very hard to 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 express. Now, when you when when people say, uh, "How did you do that with the ball?" You hear a lot of players saying, or a lot of managers turning around and saying, "Well, I don't know how how, how he's done that. We don't know what he's going to do. So uh, how do we know what the opposition thinks he's going to do? You know, or his teammates are going to do?" But I used to say to Jack, <clears throat> "What I think, Jack, is this: a defender, what he's wanting me to do is to push me back. So he's thinking he's going to push me back, and as long as I start to go backwards." Uh, they think they've done the job. But in my head, I'm thinking, I'm going to turn quick here or, or I'm going to try and get between two players here uh, and and get them thinking that I am going to go back, but try and uh, get in between them, like I said. And that's how I used to think when I was doing things. I was always trying to think, why are they sending me back? Because you're taking me away from the goal. So I would think, let them think they were taking me, uh, sending me that way and then, boom, produce something quick and uh, a, a divisive turn or a quick t- uh, dribble uh, to beat a couple of players. So going back to the goal scenario, it's just an elation that when you score and you're just hearing whatever is at the ground, whether it's a 30,000 or a 70,000 or a 40,000 spectators or a 23 like it was at Barnsley, it's just the uh, uproar what goes with it. That leads me up to my magic moment uh, of, of the week was, was Neves' strike for Wolverhampton Wanderers against Manchester United. Oh. And I'm, I'm marrying this up with, with what you've just spoken about. He scored an absolute worldie of a goal. And it's almost now with VAR, a player scores a great goal and then they look at the referee, they do the like, kind of like little charade sign of a television and you think... Oh, for God's sake, why don't you just let the player enjoy the moment and the fans? And that's the one thing that VAR seems to be destroying and taking the soul out of scoring the goal and the elation of the fans. And and I think that if you'd have disallowed that goal, I was listening to Alan Brazilli, he reckoned he was going to kick his TV setting. And I was thinking things similar Please don't disallow that goal because there's not many goals as brilliant as that that are scored every week. Well, like I said early on in uh, in this show, it it's going to cause a, yeah. a a big problem. I hope it doesn't, but yeah. it, it it will it will cause a big problem because it was a fantastic goal. Mm-hmm. You know, it did celebrate, and then uh, the referee got uh, a word that uh, they were having a look at VAR. They makes the players stop. Yep. So then all of a sudden they get the gown goes quiet. Yep. Uh, and it's either then it's a goal what stands and they, they celebrate, but it's then it's the fans what celebrating and not the player because you know the the, the jubilation's gone out of it because of we're having to wait to see what what decision they're given. Yeah. Or 
it this the goals disallowed, um, and the opposition fans are happy. Yeah. Now, what what will happen if it's a goal? Last match of season, mm-hmm. and it's either stop that team getting promoted or winning a cup final, yeah. or a team getting relegated. Mm-hmm. You know what happens then? Do we see the riot? Do we see uh, uh, some controversy over it all? You know, that's the only thing. That's another thing. What um, frightens me with it, Paul? It really does frighten me with it. You know, we have to accept whatever decision is given. We have to, you know, for the sake of football and for people watching these grounds, you know. But will it? I'm not sure it will. No, I'm not sure it will. And again, that leads us leads me to my next subject and topic of talk tonight on, on the current view. Designated penalty takers and where I'm going now, you know what football fans are yeah. like. There's so much abuse on social media. Pogba misses a penalty. i got to say, I thought he smashed it. It went in. I thought the goalkeeper made a great save. But it, it, it usually is Rashford that takes the penalty. And I know at Arsenal... If a player got bought down, they used to have a rule that, for instance, if if Bergkamp got bought down, Bergkamp wouldn't take the penalty, Perez would take it. Perez got bought down, Perez wouldn't take the penalty, somebody else would take it. Now, whether, whether United, Pogba's gone, look, I've earned the penalty, I'm taking it. Rashford's a designated penalty taker. We've seen arguments on the pitch where the ball's been taken off another player. How did Jack do that at Sheffield? Was there a designated penalty taker? So no matter what happened, he took the penalties as long as he was on the pitch. Well, Mark Smith was our designated penalty taker. I mean, I think Mark got 10 out of 11 or 11 out of 12 or 12 out of 12. I'm not quite... I know if he missed, he only missed one. Now... When you take everything into consideration with everything, yep. if you look at all this, what's that? What, I mean, because everything now is to do with social media and money, 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 money uh, for players and for the football clubs uh, and, and the massive amount of publicity that football gets. Now, w- when you get uh, a, a manager uh, assigned to, 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 to tell all these players, look, this is where he's going to put this penalty. He might put it there, left-hand side. He might put it right-hand side. He either hits it straight down the middle. But on top of that, now they've got the TV cameras, uh, 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 videos to show them uh, or clips uh, to show who, who takes the penalties, where he puts them. So I, I don't think it's a bad thing uh, if um, you change players because you have enough big egos, what should be able to, I should be confident to go and take a penalty. The problem is, if you've got a, if you've got a super cool uh, penalty taker like a Mac Leticia or like we had at uh, Sheffield Wednesday, Mark Smith, very rarely missed, then, then don't take it. The problem is, <clears throat> it's the big egos of the players, you know, and then they're straight onto the social medias, on social media, uh, to, uh, to put on uh, the news straight after the game on why he took the penalty, that he's the one what, what should be taking penalties and things like that. So it, it's funny. Now, as a manager, you can't, regardless of what anyone says, you cannot come in after the game and give him a rollicking mm. because all that all that's finished with now. Yeah. There's not yeah. that bullying anymore like we got when we were playing. You know, uh, how, do you, how do you stop it? Because this, Pogba's not the first one. 
Pogba's not the first one. It happened up at uh, Everton last season or two seasons ago with Leighton Baines. Mm. Uh, and it's happened, it's happened at one or two uh, grounds. Where's the other one? One kept coming to me head in a bit. Uh, I remember, I remember, I remember Paolo. I mean, Paolo got the ball, didn't he? Yeah, Paolo, that was being Frank, Frank Lampard. Yeah, Frank Lampard. Right, yeah, yeah, but once you once you do that, you've got to make sure you've got to make sure uh, yeah. that you take it. But the key one about sticking to rules, and you yeah. know as well as I do, the advantage should be for the team what's got the penalty. Yeah. Now I'm not saying I'm not saying that they shouldn't have a goalkeeper in and that they just take the penalty and uh, put it into net. What I am saying is they've made a rule that the goalkeeper can't move. Yeah. And he should not come off his line. Mm-hmm. That's the rule. That is the rule. Whether it's Sheffield Wednesday or whether it's Birmingham City yep. or whether it's Exeter City, the rule is that the keeper should not move off his line. Now, I think Pogba stuck it well enough. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the right. It was the right height for the goalkeeper. Yeah. But if you look at the penalty, the goalkeeper's near. Is it middle at six yard box when he saved it? Yeah. Now, is it right? Is it wrong? Yeah, people will turn you around and say, "Well, it, you know, it, it, it's got a free shot at goal. He should score." <laughs> the French this rule out. If it's handball in the box, <clears throat> but it's handball now. So same should have happened with the penalties. Yeah. Every penalty. No one. Should miss a penalty if that goalkeeper has to stand still until that ball struck. Because that's the rule. Yeah. That's the rule. Now, unless it's a really bad penalty kick from a from a player, then that's the only chance a goalkeeper uh, has got a save in it. So for it, 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 it's everything about it. Uh, the penalty. One player should be uh, told before he's going out, and that's what they should that they should stick to that. But you're giving players nowadays, you know. Well, I've won it, so I'm taking it. Yeah. And they know, regardless of what, what anybody says, what the pundits say, everybody in that team will know who's taking that penalty. Yeah. And on top of that, on top of that, managers, because they can't say no, because of the pol- political correctness, they're not going to come on television and, and, and say, well, I tell Rashford he was taking it and why Pogba's done this, because then he's having to go at the player. So they come out with a statement, well, we, you know, one of them can take it. We're not really bothered, you know. Uh, we expect them to score from it. No, they do know what's happening, and what what happens then is players, because of the egos of it all, uh, they want to take it, and that's that's what you're getting now. I think the penalty that, that you were thinking of um, and, and thinking on your feet as well was the uh, the Fulham penalty last season, Mitrovic and yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and that's it. When you do that. You have got to score that goal. If you take that ball and you put it down, you have got to score because you're going to get absolutely caned if you miss. And Kamara did miss. And you wouldn't fancy having a backhander or or or, or a jab or a, or a or a kind of um, uppercut from Mitrovic, would you? This I, I, I don't want to complain. I don't want to complain uh, 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 anything like like when I was playing. Yeah. But you wouldn't dare take a penalty. Yeah. If Mark Smith had been told to take that penalty, yeah. Jack would have grabbed hold of you when you went into that dressing room, pin you up at side at wall, yeah. give you the clip. You know, I heard Ferdinand and about Ferguson giving him a clip round the, the, the air ball. That happened in our days. You wouldn't dare do it. Mm-hmm. There is nothing you can do on that, only leave the player out, and then he will take it to the PFA and say he's been badly treated or actually treated. So it's, be- it's become a complicated scenario for, for managers and even players because 
what's happening is, is the social media side of it. And I'm not blaming social media because all players should know once that's been once that's been designated to that particular player, he should take it. He should take it up until um, that player misses. Now, you've got a scenario where you've got a player missing four, five penalties and they're still allowed to take them. Mm. Now, for me, that is wrong. That's wrong. That's not strong, not strong management. And again, you can turn around and say, well, the political correctness, will, you, you won't be able to do it. Oh, yes, you will. Because you say, right, you've missed three. Yeah, I can I can say that uh, that's the reason why I've, you're not taking another penalty, you know. So now you're coming off him, and we're going to put uh, Rashford on him, and so and he'll stay on him until he misses, yeah. and he feels that he's not comfortable to take another penalty, you know. Or uh, you don't mind him missing one, but once he starts getting to three, four, you know, he can cost you big time. Yeah, I mean, it's cost Manchester United to go in top of the league. Uh, Monday night or joint top of the league yep. I want to talk about uh, Bielsa I, I did say on your social media which your social media Terry Curran plus your Terry Curran official and on Twitter at Terry Curran underscore 11 as well as you, your personal Twitter account as well you're a big fan of Bielsa like with Pep he's a great manager come coach he improves players. And you watched the documentary and you was very impressed. In fact, you had a little bit of interaction from an Argentinian football fan as well, didn't you? Yeah, well, you see, I'm a, obviously I'm a massive Sheffield Wednesday fan. Yeah. Right? But I'm one of these fans that if if uh, if Barnsley come and played us and the played us off the park, yep. I'm disappointed that we know how we've played. I'm disappointed that we've lost. But I'm appreciated appreciative of the opposition and how well they're played and if they've got a player what stood out and think wow what a player what a player he is I wanted to watch it because obviously the build up uh, to the trailer of it uh, was on about Bielsa and I wanted to see how he did work and uh, I was fascinated it weren't the Leeds United uh, scenario of it it was Bielsa himself because I mean I'm always I mean I'm I walked away from football uh, and maybe that's for another day and why I walked away from it. But I'm always still want to learn and, 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 and improve. And if I was coaching, I'd always want to improve uh, my coaching uh, methods. And what I, what, what I saw of him, I mean, he started out at uh, Newell's uh, Old Boys and um, what, he, what, he did, what he did there was fantastic. But it's not one for buying players. Yep. Oh, and you, you see him; he never complains. He only complains if they if they don't back him, what he's doing, mm. and what he tries to do is improve players. You know, he'll fetch young players. So what, that's what he's done at Leeds United. And I was fascinated. You know, why he's not won trophies like Pep Guardiola? But when I watched it and and and, and analysed it and got deep into it, what he's wanted to do is improve players. Now, if you if you take Leeds United, right, what he's done there. The three previous managers, what what were at Leeds United, were getting were going nowhere. Mm. What he's done, he's improved. You you hear Sam Allardyce and, and David Moyes. I can only uh, I can only play a system with the players I've got. Now Bielsa has done gone into Leeds United, only had the players what were there for the pre previous three managers, and he's improved that team no end. Yep, those lads. Calvin Phillips, what he's done with him, you know, the other managers were, were in and out of the team. The fans were giving him stick. He's made him 
It's made his value around about 25, 35, 40 million pounds. Yeah, yes. You know, he's improved, not just him, he's improved the team. And he's done it without complaining about, I haven't had money to spend on this. What we get with English coaches, oh, these have got all this money to, he's wanted to take the elite on. He's wanted to take the best on. He's not bothered if he played Manchester City tomorrow, like the rest of some of our coaches in this country. Oh, we haven't got this, we haven't got that, we're going to get beat. He'd go and, and, and he'd attack Manchester City. Would he beat them? No, he wouldn't beat them. But you just never know. But he, what he wants to do, and what he has done, this game, as a coach, your, your job is to win games, but yeah. to improve your players. Not defend, 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 defend. And I know that you've got to be able to do both. You know, you've got to be able to do both because if you concede goals, you will lose games. But if you score more than the opposition, you've got more chance uh, of winning games. Well, you will win games if you score more goals than the opposition. But what it will do, it gives you stand, chance of stay, more chance of staying up. Uh, in the Premier League. So it, it, it's a fascinating uh, story about him. Uh, I know it's about Leeds, but I, I was more into the story with him, what, how he was thinking, why he was doing it. You know, I mean, people going about the Spygate. I think the Spygate affected Leeds United. There isn't another manager in this country hasn't done what he's done. <laughs> Nothing, there isn't. A, and they've all cut to him around and having a go at him. Now, the, the thing about it is, the best thing about it is they've all got uh, the, the videos of every, every match everybody plays now yeah. everything so they can analyse any mortal thing without even going to to, 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 to spy on someone because they're only going to spy on one thing and one thing only is what type of free kick they're exactly. going to take yeah. that's the only thing they're going to spy on yeah. you know and, 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 and it's an advantage yeah. tell me how many goals are scored from corners I mean there's few and far between yeah. So when you get him, when you get him in there for the for the amount of corners in the game, right? You might get one after three or four games, and that might be twenty corners you've had. Mm. You know, so so at the end of the day, it isn't an advantage. It's making your players aware importance of a dead ball scenario, corner, free kick, penalty kick. You know, trying to if it's a penalty, trying to put your uh, opposition. Uh, uh, penalty taker off if it's a if it's a corner you're picking up a man and making sure that man does not get the run on you mm -hmm. how you do it you know you've got to try and do it without giving a penalty away trying him not getting the the uh, first end of the ball I mean I had people I mean people sent me messages about the the Manchester City or the Tottenham second goal it was scored from a corner and it was bad defending bad defending it was absolutely a fantastic ball yeah. what Amora has just flicked on. And uh, it's gone into the top corner. You know, them you can't stop. You cannot stop them. It's bad, bad marking and, and uh, laxidaisical uh, thinking at set pieces. And the prime example <laughs> was Barcelona, one of the greatest teams of all, t of all modern day football. Their lack of concentration and marking against Liverpool yeah. for, for the winning goal. Yes. Uh, in, in the semi-final. Yeah. You know, how you can't justify that. Even the top teams do it. Yeah. What makes me laugh, Gabby, the big, biggest what makes me laugh is with everyone. The pundits, the fans, I mean, they all have a go at Manchester City, right? Yet Guardiola, his coaching is second to no one. Yeah. So he's definitely in the top one, is, as Cluffy would put it. Guardiola's in the top one. But they will turn around and say, oh, they can't defend. 
They can't defend. Manchester City, for the last two seasons, three seasons, have conceded uh, lesser goals than any other football team. Yeah. Yeah, pundits so they can't defend. Now, how do you work that out? They've scored more goals than anybody. Yeah. Conceded lesser goals than anybody. Yet the pundits and everyone's turning around and saying they can't defend, he can't defend, he can't defend. I wish I'd got that same team at Sheffield Wednesday. I bet you wish you'd got it at Birmingham City. Oh, dear, mate. Only just. You know, <laughs> yeah. to go and watch that every week. You, 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 I won't mind paying me £60 every week to go and watch that. Jeez, is that how much it is now at Sheffield no, Wednesday? Uh, no, 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 no. It no, is expensive, no, isn't it? It's no. one of the most uh, expensive grounds to visit, isn't it, uh, Hillsborough? It's, I what, think what it's it about 40 quid, isn't 40 it? 40 quid, yeah, 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 I think it's about 40 quid. Yeah, you know. yeah. But what I'm saying is, yeah. I mean, when I said that £60, pound, I mean, it's not as dear it up. I think down in uh, London, it's £60, £70, £80 pound yeah, for a ticket, isn't it? Right. Yeah. You know, so that, that I mean, that was just, you know, not a slip of the tongue, it was just a statement saying, because of that good, I won't mind paying me, yeah. me sixty pound. I mean, it's expensive to go to football football game, but when you're seeing that football, when you're seeing them footballers, and when you're seeing that type of coach coach them players, yeah. you know, I, I wouldn't mind paying that myself. Player of the week has got to be uh, Timu Puki, and he's got to be value for money transfer so far, hasn't he, in the Premier League? Brilliant, brilliant. You know, on my on my, on my Facebook wall, I put about Norwich City uh, against Liverpool and people want to have a little laugh because I said, I knew Norwich weren't going to beat Liverpool. They know they weren't going to beat Liverpool, but they caused Liverpool problems. They caused Liverpool problems. Why? Because they're going to attack. Now, the first two goals that they got, uh, conceded was a known goal and the second one was like a pinball machine. It came off three or four players and fell to... Um, Mo Salah and he scored it yeah, and then it's hard then for, for, for Norwich to get back in against a team like that you know but without a doubt I mean Newcastle probably weren't uh, or didn't play well and Norwich you know the football they've, they've brought up from the championship and they're willing to play in the in the uh, Premier League is second to none it's fantastic and I hope and I think they will no I don't think they will they will stay up I think Villa will do well and even Sheffield United he's got a, he's got them playing and playing a football mm. uh, what's going to benefit the players that's what the all three of them have done you know I mean I, I watched the, 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 the game of Southampton and everybody kept telling me and I saw uh, Van Dyke up in Scotland when I was with Doncaster with the youth team watching um, we'd gone up there to play a few games and I said he'll be in Premier League and obviously he's gone and done that but there's a, there's a guy who comes on to the, to the ground stadium who works for the betting uh, firm what the latest price was back into the betting shops yeah. he's a massive Liverpool fan and he kept going on about Man City and Liverpool what I think what do I and he kept going on about Van Dyke this and Van Dyke that I said let me tell you something if you put the two goalkeepers in together, Minile and the other one they had, I said they wouldn't make a good in between them. Yep. I said, you keep going on a Van Dyke. The most important uh, position on a football pitch is your goalkeeper. Mm. Most in football on a football pitch is the goalkeeper. Near mind the centre forward, you'll get goals. It's having a confidence of the goalkeeper that the back four are going to be confident in knowing that if, it, if they do make a mistake, he's, he's going to be the one what's going to protect them. Yeah. And, I, and I, I was telling Arthur about this and I said, listen, Arthur, they need a goalkeeper. They need a goalkeeper. They've got the fact, now they've found one. Yet, I haven't heard anyone talk about uh, Van Dijk because if you watch the game, Van Dijk had a torrid time against Southampton. Yeah. 
you know, and Ing, Ings, Ings, Danny Ings, always up at Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, near to death, he's ball watching yeah. when Ings has got in between and, and nearly scored a goal. Scored. And I've not, I've not heard, I've not heard the pun that's on about that about mm. uh, Van Dyke because if you're going to talk about uh, a John Stone, then you've got to do the same thing with a Van Dyke. You know, you can't be, uh, you've got to be fair on them both. So he were lackadaisical. And you can say, well, that's only one game. I've seen him in a couple of games, you know. But the big thing is, is the goalkeeper. And when Liverpool got that, and Arthur always says to me, you know, you're right there, Terry. It's made a big difference. And the keeper, and it's done all right in the two games, but the defence doesn't look as solid without Alisson in there. I guarantee you it doesn't. I totally agree. And and the, the mistake that the goalkeeper made for Danny Ings' goal was ridiculous to uh, to, to the extreme. Where yeah. you have been right on as well, Tao, in our predictions league, you, you come out on top. Uh, so you, you, you went 1-0 up uh, last week with uh, four predictions to my three. You predicted a Forest win and I predicted a Birmingham City draw. But I did even it up last night because Birmingham City won and you predicted the draw and we've both gone for Leeds United um, and Fulham to win. So, I mean, if either lose, we, it doesn't really matter. So we're all square at 1-1 going into the next uh, the next weekend's fixtures, which are Villa and Everton, Swansea and Blues, Preston, Sheffield Wednesday, Stoke, Leeds and Fulham and Forest. A few of your old teams that are, that are scattered in there. The, uh, the, the pick-out game there, Stoke and Leeds, always will remind me of a day when one Alan Hudson and Stoke City in 1973-74 season oh, yeah. prevented Leeds United from going on that 30-game unbeaten run. They were 2-0 up. They had a goal disallowed by Sniffer. And then uh, Uddy and the boys put them to the sword and ran out 3-2 winners. So that game will always remind me of, uh, of back, in, back in the day of 1974. Well, I mean, don't forget, in the, in those days, they had a great team. You know, Banks, uh, Dennis Smith, uh, Pedgick, uh, Hudson, Greenoff. Uh, fantastic players, uh, George uh, Easton. That's some fantastic players and good football. I've yeah. played good football. Both teams play good football. When yeah. teams went to attack teams, you know. And then what, 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 what happened was um, people saying that... Uh, We've got to we've got to learn to d- defend better, and then it's gone so negative and boring to watch. But going back to the scenario, what you were saying, I mean, that Leeds United was a fantastic football team, and Stoke prevented them uh, going on to even greater uh, success of um, stopping them winning game after game after game. You know, and it's a big achievement for for a team when you're playing against teams like. But that Stoke City, I mean, we all look at Stoke as though it's a you know a, a small club, but yeah. Stoke. In, in, when I was growing up, had some fantastic football yeah. players and 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 and, and played some great football. They did. The, the, there was another. I mean, Wolverhampton Wanderers were another club in fifties, you know, yeah, yeah, and and also in the seventies. If you transferred what Wolves done in the seventies, that they'd be yeah. in and around the Champions League yeah. spots now. Yeah. Football was different. Finally, Daniel Sturridge surprised that he signed for Trabzonspor, and I've said that right. I would have, I would have preferred him to have signed for Galatasaray or Fenerbahce. I struggle with Trabzonspor, but ultimately he's going to three-year contract in Turkey. Good value, bad value. Why didn't a Premier League side or a Championship team snap up Danny Sturridge? 
Well, you know as well as I do, and everybody will in, in the country, we'll, yeah. we've all got to agree. We all not got to, we all will agree on it. I mean, it's a different it's a different scenario with Andy Carroll because he's a different type of player. He's yeah. more of a skillful player, as as Carroll is is the best centre forward uh, for hustling and bustling that has been for the last well like, last ten twenty years. Uh, when 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 we were talking about Andy Gray, he's the nearest one to Andy Gray. When I think about it now, yeah, his problem is it's not his ability. Yeah, uh, I don't know what his attitude is like, but he's injured. Yeah. Now, if you're paying, I don't know what his what his wages were like at Liverpool, but if you're paying mm-hmm. him, if if a Sheffield Wednesday or a Birmingham said to myself, just say we we agreed and he was happy with the twenty thousand pound a week signing on uh, uh, wage. For Sheffield Wednesday or a Birmingham City, if he's not playing, that's costing that club twenty thousand pounds. He's not helping the club at all, is he? Not helping the team. He's not helping anyone. So that's the reason why. I mean, going to Turkey, the big two, even they haven't taken him, have they? No. You know. So so at the end of the day, that's his problem. It's not his ability, because I mean, the goal he scored for 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 Liverpool it last season or season before against Chelsea. You know, there's only players like him or that what's got that ability to be able to score that goal. I wouldn't just say there's only players like him what will score that goal because there's plenty of players what's got natural talent what can get that goal. You know, so to have that type of player in your team, I mean, when he was playing at Liverpool before he was having his injuries, you know, he was in the England setup and he looked like, you know, being the England number one. He's a fantastic football player, but I wouldn't sign anyone uh, what doesn't play 30, 35 games a season. Yeah. Uh, in my team, I wouldn't sign anyone. What, what, what didn't do that? And I mean, what I mean by that, players, what are top players, but not playing through injury. That type, that that type of player, I wouldn't sign. Yeah, but if he does stay injury free and he does have a, a, a good period in in Turkey, I would expect the next this time next year, clubs queuing up to take Danny Sturridge. Without a doubt, I that, mean, that's the game. It's got to be. It's got to be the best free transfer there yeah. is. If, yeah. if no one can guarantee, it, no one will question his ability. Yeah. No one can ever question his ability. He's got pace. He goes past people. He scores fantastic goals. He's got good touch. He's got everything. Yep. What he hasn't got is a regular uh, playing time over the last four or five seasons mm-hmm. for Liverpool. Yep. You know, he's just not. Uh, I mean, when he's been fit, then he's not been able to go into the team because the team's been playing exceptionally well. With, I mean, they have three, four, uh, three, three forwards there, a second to none. Yeah. You know, so it's been hard for him to get. If if he is fit, it's been hard for him to get into the team. But it's not helped him with other clubs thinking, well, he is fit now, so yeah, we take a chance on him. So that has not helped him one little bit because people are still thinking, is he fit or is he not fit? You know, so but only time will tell. But if 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 he has a, a full season at uh, Tanzan Sport, he scores the goals, what's expected of him, then there'll be a queue of people wanting to take, take him back on again. Totally agree. Well, tell we've done an hour now. <laughs> we started at 19 minutes and 20 minutes. We got it up to half time. We're, uh, we're, we're, it's an hourly podcast where we, we chew the fact we talk about uh, our, both our, our loves of football. We're going to put on the back burner retirement because we want to talk about um, Warner announcing the retirement. So we'll leave that till next week. We'll leave till next week. You're walking away from the game and you're coaching and, and chances of you getting back in the game, which I rightly believe you should be getting back in the game. 
and possibly not as a manager, as a coach, but certainly as somebody that can influence and talk to players, develop players, help and encourage players. Um, there's an avenue down there, I'm sure, for former football players like yourself. But till next week, mate, let's hope on Saturday and for, uh, for my team, Birmingham, on Sunday, we're both next weekend singing the blues. I hope so, Gabby, and I hope we're still in front of you become next weekend. <laughs> but enjoy your holiday with your family, and I look forward to speaking to you next week. Lovely. Top man. Cheers, Terry. Cheers, buddy. Ta-da. Yeah, thanks, pal. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Media. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.